Patrick Tavern. Sit down, rest, have a drink, and listen. Hello, nice to see you again. And I see you brought some friends with you. Well, I'm Giuliano. I'm Siggy. And today we are talking a little bit about the spoilers of Modern Masters 2017. And boy, they're <laughs> really tasty. Yes, um, right off the bat, I think we can say that this is, just in terms of value, quite possibly the single best master set we've seen so far. Yep. And the second um, part of this cast will be, as last week, um, new deck that formed uh, in the standard um, metagame and... I really like it. It's exactly my playstyle, and it looks really good. Yeah, it seems to be quite well positioned, which is uh, obviously the main reason why we're going to talk about it. Yeah, but um, first things first, the Modern Master spoilers. Yeah, so uh, spoilers started on Monday this week. We are at 70 cards revealed from the entire set which is going to be i think 249 cards yeah, yeah 249 and uh, that's what we're going to be talking about for now yeah um so for the first time um we will look through the cards pick the most interesting ones to be honest they're all interesting and awesome <laughs> yeah so it could take a while um but yeah that's our usual um yeah, that's usually what we do. We we pick the interesting ones, talk about it, and analyze also the limited game of the set. Yeah, or at least uh, try to from what we've been given so far. Yeah, exactly. We we don't have much uh, much comments, so we can't say anything for sure. But we can say enough, I think. We can at least try. I'd yeah. say let's get right into it. Uh, first of all, of course, we're going to be talking about the things that most people are excited about in this kind of set, which is the Mythic Raz. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, we just begin with the most awesome one. And not in value, but just, uh don't know, the Snapcaster Mage. So um, it is confirmed. It is the new art of the Snapcaster Mage on the front of the box. Yeah, we were right. Yay, and yeah, that was cool. really needed, a new Snapcaster Mage. I mean, what was the last print of it? Uh, we got Innistrad, then we got the uh, promo for it, with the guy who kind of looks like, God, is that Lucio in Overwatch? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, now we have the new Snapcaster Mage, so it's it's third printing, and I'm... Quite happy to see that it's coming back. I'm a bit bummed out that it doesn't have the original art, because I really like that one. But the uh, new art is also nice. Yeah. Um, also, second best card in this set, in terms of value, is the reprint of Liliana of the Whale. And this was really, really needed. Because Liliana, I think was or, or is at the moment at 70 dollars or even 70 more euros. Dollars, 70 euros yeah euros so it's even more dollars and yeah at the moment the new printing is also on 70 but it will go down i think possibly the uh, issue with everything is that we don't quite know how big the print run is going to be for modern masters so we don't know if we're going to be like in a modern masters one situation or maybe in an Eternal Masters situation, where we even get, like, two bigger print runs to increase availability. But I guess we'll have to see about that. Yeah, um, the main thing about a Master set is, as we said in the last podcast, is to, yeah, improve the, access, uh, the access to the formats. So uh, Modern Masters is clearly to make modern a little bit cheaper to new players and 
with Eternal Masters, it, yeah, I don't know. The first print run was really limited, and mm. then I, I don't know what Wizards uh, did, but if they just opened their uh, their stock and said, "Oh, look, we just found uh, <laughs> some more Eternal Masters," or if they really just uh, started the machines again to print new Eternal Masters. But I hope they will learn from that and just print a little bit more Modern Masters. That would be nice. That being said, uh, a lot of people have been complaining about the Master set not really fulfilling their purpose in that regard. But I feel like that's not necessarily quite right. Because uh, one thing to keep in mind is that in recent years, Magic has grown quite a lot. Lots of new players. Some of them want to play Modern, want to play Legacy, and so on. And uh, even for cards that stayed expensive, they managed to sort of stay at the same cost while the player base got bigger. So, in a way, these uh, Modern Masters and Eternal Masters reprints did, in fact, help out. Because otherwise, we might be looking at, like, I don't know, 60, 50 euros for a Mox Opal instead of 30. Yeah, exactly. And if the player base grows uh, grows that much f uh, longer, maybe just look at the Lian of the Whale. They, I think she got only one print in her uh, first set. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. just... Yeah. Just assume, we assume she got just one print. We can look that up. Um, but imagine that there are no Liliana of the Whales anymore out there because there are there is no one selling them. That would be catastrophic. I mean, Liliana of the Whale is a key part in most decks because she's just very strong. And if there are no Liliana of the Whales anymore new players can't play. Yeah, it basically means that some people are locked out of playing certain decks, which is not great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we are going to, uh, going to talk about spoilers, so um, we shouldn't dr uh, drift so much. Um, maybe we should. Sorry? Or maybe we should. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's, get... what's the next interesting card? Yeah, um... Going on with the Mythics, the uh, next card is a red one. Red Mythic, Past in Flames. I gotta say, that is a really good card in Commander. Um, I'm not sure if it's seeing as much modern play anymore. It uh, also had a recent reprint, in fact, in one of the Commander 2016 decks. Think the uh, Yidris precon, yeah. Okay, sh so you should have a copy of it. Yeah, I do. Oh, okay, nice. Um, so um, yeah, but it's mythic in this set, so we have to look. Um, it's still a set that is meant to be drafted, so yes. some cards must be positioned this way. Otherwise, yeah. it would be just way too strong yeah, I kind of feel like there might be a bit of a uh, combo-ish sub-theme going on in draft because we've got both uh, Pyromancer Ascension and Past in Flames which means that like red blue maybe even black combo might be possible yeah we have to look um, for more spoilers yeah um we we skipped uh, a card in the white spot because it's just not that interesting. Um, Linvala, Keeper of Silence. Um, we look at, uh, looked it up. Um, she she is played in some decks. Uh, what was it? Um, uh, she's usually played in Kiki Court. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like generally speaking, she is part of a lot of uh, toolbox type strategies. Um, it's so just decks creatures. that used to oh. be uh, uh, used yeah. to run birthing right. pot or similar cards, but um, good enough still. With a yeah, bunch of I mean, silver uh, bullets in the decks, mana fights, specific strategies. Sorts of strategies. Well. 
Linvala is one of those cards. If you look at her, she basically says if there are any sorts of activated abilities on your opponent's artifacts, they just can't activate those anymore. Okay. The difference is just that mana abilities are defined in a certain way, namely they do not have a target, they usually produce mana, and so on. And they're also activated abilities, but if they're mana abilities, they do not use the stack. Ah, okay, I understand. Well, well, um, so going on with the green spot, or green part, is the, uh, what is it called? I can't Crater see Hoof Behemoth. Oh, yeah, um, that's also a really needed reprint, because almost every elf deck wants to play him. Yeah, pretty and much. he just got, how much prints? Uh, I think quite literally one in Everson Restored, as a mythic as well. All right. So he's been quite expensive. And I mean, if you look at the guy, he is tailor-made for an elf deck. He costs a lot of mana, but he makes all of you guys huge and uh, trampoly. So <laughs> it's basically the perfect finisher. Yep. Um, yeah, and the uh, next card is, again, a white one. Yeah, and it's Entry the Angels. It's... Uh, a miracle card, so we will get a lot of miracles in the set, which is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And I um, just read uh, that some people say this is not modern masters, this is legacy masters in some kind, and well, why not? I mean, you're not wrong considering Entreat the Angels is basically one of the staple card. Uh, cards in what's easily the most played and most popular deck in Legacy, namely Blue-White Miracles. Oh yeah, we just looked that up, um, and yeah, it's just one of the finishes of this deck. Yep. And the next card in the blue spot is also a Miracle, and I really like that card. Um, <laughs> temporal, is it, is it Temporal Mastery? Yeah. Oh yeah, um, it's just uh, for two mana, uh, uh, basically, for two mana, take an extra turn yeah. if you miracle it. There's a really interesting deck in Modern that was played by Paul Chion on stream quite recently called Taking Turns. It's uh, basically, I think, like 12 extra turn spells. Let me try to remember them. Uh, Temporal Mastery, Time Warp, and part the water veil i think and a lot of uh howling mine effects like dictate of crew fix normal howling mine and possibly one more and what you're trying to do in this deck is basically you uh play howling mines until like turn four or five and after that you just start chaining extra turn spells you draw more and more cards chain more extra turns try to get an uh way Ah, Jesus, an awakened part the water veil at some point, and you use that like six six land creature to kill your opponent over another four or five extra turns. That sounds quite like a stupid and fun deck. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. The next card is. Ooh, nice. Uh, this card is quite interesting because uh. According to Mark Rosewater, it's basically one of the biggest design mistakes they've ever made. Really? Yeah, and that's not because uh, it's Gristlebrand. He's incredibly powerful, but because he is a 7-7 that lets you pay 7 life to draw 7 cards that costs 8 mana. So... Uh, a really strong demon with basically no downside. Yeah, but but like the the biggest problem with it was that it costed eight mana, not seven. The theme of this whole entire card here is the number seven. Oh, I understand. Okay, yeah. And it costs eight mana. Yeah, I I see what you mean. Um, well. 
but still a really strong card. Definitely. I mean, you can just write uh, write out Entomb it, and then just pick it back with some reanimation spell. Yeah. And then you have turn two or three a Grizzle Brand. I mean. Yeah, there's uh, even an entire deck archetype in modern that was built around quickly reanimating Grizzle Brand. Uh, I think it's called Grishol Brand because it played Grizzle Brand along with Nourishing Shoal. And, oh god, I think World Spine Worm or something similar that's just absolutely silly and overcosted. And what you would do is you played uh, Through the Breach or Gorios Vengeance on a Grizzle Brand in your graveyard. You reanimated him, then you activated him twice to uh, draw 14 cards. You use that to find a Nourishing Shoal and, let's just say, World Spine Worm. Nourishing Shoal can be cast for free if you exile a green card with converted mana cost X. And it gains you X life. So World Spine Worm, who had like a CMC of, I don't know, 12 or 15 or something ridiculous, just gained you a lot of life. Basically two Gristle Brand activations for free. And you could do that to go through your whole deck, which you could then use to somehow murder your opponent. That sounds, again, stupidly fun. Yeah. it's uh, It was a very interesting deck. We haven't seen it as much in Modern lately, but... It's quite enjoyable to watch. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. At this moment, I a little bit regret to... Don't have any clue about modern. But, yeah, for me, it's just too much. But it sounds pretty fun. It is, probably. It's one of the uh, better competitive constructed formats, I feel. Yep. Um, I saw... Uh, video I, I don't know uh, from who anymore who said that uh, Wizards uh, is doing a really big mistake that they just focus too hard on standard mm-hmm. and he said uh, magic is not standard and I think he's right because I, I personally like standard and EDH but there are a ton of people playing modern legacy and vintage and mm-hmm. they kind of feel like yeah sort it out like so well you like playing modern okay here's your modern masters and no uh go (laughs) play with your friends and leave us alone yeah that isn't that something we even talked about on last week's episode for a bit yeah yeah that's what's it was quite a big uh big point that we mentioned yeah i think we we spent 10 minutes or so just uh talking about it um yeah, and as I said, I think he's right. Um, we absolutely magic is growing more and more, and has a really huge player base. And it would be a shame if you lock out the old players. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, they like these old and franchised players are basically the bedrock of your uh, player community. They are the ones who've been loyal to your company for, I don't know, 20 years. And they are the ones that pull even more people in. Yes. They say, hey, come on, it's it's fun and you don't have to spend so much money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at first. At first. And yeah, and then they try, like me, and then you spend your whole money on it. Yep, me too. Yeah. <clears throat> Coming back to Miracles, there's another really nice card in this set. Uh, quite a historical card as well. You know, Wizards uh, pulled a bit of a funny one with this. It's Bonfire of the Damned. And the person they gave this one uh, to, to spoil it, was Brian Kibler, who uh, famously got blown out in the finals, I think, of some really big international tournament by having his opponent top deck a lethal bonfire of the damned, which would have been the only card to save him. I, I think I, I know this video. It's just really this this guy just sits there and hopes for like forever. I mean, it was like five seconds, but just like forever. Please, <laughs> please be this miracle card. 
Then he draws it and smashes it on the on the table, and <laughs> yeah. then well, yeah, GG, absolute classic. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, the next card is um, also really nice. It, I think it uh, didn't need a reprint, but it's nice to have one, and it clearly um, makes uh, sense. Yeah, uh, absolutely. The, the threat task. Because in this set, if you draft it, you can really play a really nice uh, flicker deck. Definitely. I mean, uh, it's basically been confirmed in one of the articles that we are getting blue-white flicker as one of the archetypes. And the whole set has a lot of uh, multicolor support. We've got enemy fetch lands, we've got guild gates, and we've got tapped dry lands. Yep. So if you want to draft three, four, or five colors, it's going to be perfectly fine. Exactly. Um, yeah, so going on, um, sh just to clear it, um, clear it out, should we go through all of these cards? Um, sure, why not? Okay, <laughs> all right. Or um, at least all of the rares. Okay, um, the next card is the Ranger of Eos. Yeah, oh damn. That's a cool one. So, uh, have you ever heard of a deck called Soul Sisters? I think so, yeah. It plays, uh, god, what are those called? There are, uh, it's basically called Soul Sisters because it plays, uh, one mana white cards that gain you life when other creatures enter the battlefield. And Ranger of Eos is a great card in those decks because it basically gets you two of those sisters. All right. With so its, uh, what's you notice? Do you know the strategy of this deck? You gain a ton of life, and uh, I think some people win through uh, Felidar Sovereign. Was that the big one where you win the game when you have forty or more life? And oh other yeah, decks, okay, right. Yeah, and other sure. decks just uh, abuse the high amount of life to stay alive for longer to play sort of a uh, mid-rangey game. All right. They're basically saying, you need to deal like 10 damage a turn to me or you're not going to be able to kill me. That sounds not so fun. <laughs> sounds like a little bit grindy, but okay, if it works... Oh, the, the next card is um, a really nice card for EDH, as you mentioned um, before we started the cast. Uh, the Dead Eye Navigator. Mm -hmm. And boy, I like this card. I don't play blue. Um, well, I play blue in my Atraxa, but I don't like blue. Blue is bad. And yeah, I, I still like this card. Uh, in the more casual EDH scene... Dead Eye Navigator is one of the cards that a lot of people want to see banned. Really? Yeah, because he creates a lot of value just uh, basically with himself and almost any other creature on the board. As a competitive player, I uh, don't agree. He's not amazing. He's very overcosted. But he definitely has potential to be abused, no question. I mean, a free two-mana flicker with a possible uh, retarget. Yep. So um, you can do a lot of silly things with this card. Yeah. The most obvious one would probably be with uh, Palancron, which uh, costs seven mana and untaps seven lands when it ETBs. So with Dead Eye Navigator and Palancron... You can basically make infinite colored mana. But even then, you still need like some kind of uh, infinite mana outlet. Yeah, so, sure. You, 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 even in EDH, if you don't have a finisher in for that all that mana, mm -hmm. what's the purpose? Although, that being said, I could possibly imagine a, like, not top-tier competitive, but... Maybe borderline competitive blue-green uh, high-tide deck that plays Dead Eye Navigator and Palancron and possibly even Tooth and Nail to find both. 
Yeah. Yeah, why not? And could you could be. put uh, Thrasios at the helm from Commander 2016, because he basically is an infinite mana outlet. What was Thrasios again? I, He's I... a 2 mana, 1-3 merfolk wizard, I think. And uh, you can activate him for 4 generic mana to scry 1, and uh, then reveal the card if it's a land that ETBs tapped, if it's a normal card, you just draw it. So you can use that infinite mana to draw your whole deck, and then you can, I don't know, play Laboratory Maniac and win the game, or win any other way, really. Alright. Um, the next card is not that exciting. Um, <laughs> to be honest, it's just there. Yeah. Uh, the Extractor Demon. So we just go on. Yeah, he is very uninteresting. One of the very few uh, boring rares in this set. Uh, until now, I think he's one of two boring rares. There's another boring rare? I think so. Wasn't it? Uh, oh, oh, yeah, Stoic Angel. Oh, you mean from the ones spoiled, not the ones we talked about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean the ones spoiled. So until now, it's one of two, and the other one is Stoic Angel. Boo. <laughs> Boo, wizards. Yep. Um, yeah, the, the next card, you talked uh, about it, uh, the Pyromancer's Ascension, it was um, uh, when you talked about the first mythic, you remember? Uh, Ten minutes ago? Was our first mythic uh, Snapcaster? Past and Flames? Oh, you mean that one, yeah, yeah, I, I talked about Pyromancer's Ascension, right, uh, Paramancer Ascension used to be a mainstay in Blue-Red Storm in Modern, but that deck got nerfed so hard, especially with the uh, most recent Getaxian Pro ban, that it's probably not really playable anymore. Well, yeah. I, I, sorry if if I can't say so much uh, f for Modern, but I really have don't have any clue <laughs> i don't know anything about modern that's okay i just like the powerful cards <laughs> so do i um yeah uh the next one you said that it also just got one printing and primal primal command it might have gotten a reprint in a commander set somewhere but i'm not entirely sure there's definitely not a lot of them out there yeah is it an interesting card I think Absolutely. it was. Uh, for, is, this, is it for mana? For mana sorcery with five, five for two for uh, two or four modes. Modi yeah. modes. Um, we can just read it out. Um, five mana, two green for, uh, for sorcery. Choose two. Target player gains seven life. Uh, put target non-creature permanent on top of its owner's library. So a really nice bounce effect. Uh, target player shuffles his or her graveyard into his, his or her library. Okay, search your library for a creature <laughs> card, reveal it, put it into your hand, and shuffle it. Okay, all right. It's a uh, tutor. <laughs> uh, in a way, yeah. And the amazing part about this card in Limited specifically, like any sort of Limited, be it now this Modern Masters Limited or uh, just Cube, is... That most of the time you're going to use the uh, bounce or rather time ebb effect where you put a card on the top of your opponent's library. And at the same time, you can get your best creature. And that is such a massive tempo swing. It's incredible. Alright, um, the next card. Oh yeah, also an interesting one. So, from now on, everything's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> we just got past the boring ones. Um, Restoration Angel, a classic. Absolutely. This card is great. I mean, <laughs> having a 3-4 flyer with flash for 4 mana, only one of which is white, is already way above curve. And then you also get a flicker effect out of it. Because why not? I think at the moment uh, this card was designed, the designer also said, well, why not? Yeah. I mean, it's busted. And 
<laughs> the funniest thing is that uh, at the time when Restoration Angel was legal and standard, there were so, so many ways to abuse it. As for now, flicker effects are made to be abused. Yeah. As you can see at the moment, standard with uh, Sahili and the. Uh, um, how is it called, this cat? Felidar Guardian. Oh, yeah, Felidar Guardian. Um, flicker effects are just made to be abused. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, Restoration Angel is basically a mainstay in uh, the earlier. No, in the aforementioned Kiki Chord decks, because you can get Kiki Jiki, you can uh, make a copy of Resto Angel, then you can use your new Resto Angel to flicker Kiki Jiki, he comes in again and is untapped and has haste, so you can make another angel and so on, until you have infinite angels and you just smash everyone's face in. That sounds awesome. It's cool, yeah. Also... An awesome card is the next one. The Phantasmal Image? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's Phantasmal great. Image. <laughs> uh, funnily enough, in, I think, episode 6 of the Laboratory Maniacs, we had Cameron go off with Palinchron and Phantasmal Image copying Palinchron. But what none of us noticed was that he only had four lands... So he couldn't make infinite mana and just infinite storm. And nobody of us noticed, so he just uh, went on to win the game uninterruptedly. Oh. So he just illegally won. Yeah, but... Yeah. Happens. It happens. I mean, it's it's EDH. You just... It, it's, it's made to be confusing. I mean, uh, of, you, yeah. you, you sent me uh, once a picture of the formats if they are pictured in a, way, a certain way. And then there was, I think, Vintage, where everyone has nice hats and uh, uh, glasses and nice uh, suits and just playing. Oh, well played, sir. Oh, I don't have Force of Will in my starting hand. I have to take a mulligan. Oh, that's a wise choice, sir. And then you have, I don't know, Standard, blah, blah. And then you have EDH. It's just shit fest uh, of <laughs> everything. Oh, <man. laughs> Or the ones, uh, the the one with the uh, um, laser dinosaur. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a great one. That that's, one is that's really good. EDH. Yep. Um, yeah. So Phantasmal Image, uh, as a quick side note, it's usually played either in Merfolk, which is a somewhat popular modern strategy, partially in th uh, thanks to uh, the professor from YouTube advocating Merfolk as his absolute favorite deck. And partially because it is kind of solid. Other decks that play Phantasmal Image are a somewhat newly emerging Band Spirits Collected Company deck. But quite honestly, I haven't seen much of that one yet, so I can't really say how well it works. Yeah. Um, the next card is also a nice one. Oh, and Jesus. It's Death's Shadow. Yeah, that one needed a reprint really badly. Yeah, um, for people who don't remember, it's a one-mana 13-13 creature um, that gains minus X, minus X, where X is uh, your, I think, your life total. Yep. So, um, yeah, for a one-drop, it's bad because it dies instantly. <laughs> <laughs> but if you reanimate a Gristlebrand and use his uh, pay seven life two times... If you don't win already by that, you can just play a Death's Shadow and totally wreck your enemy. True. But usually Death's Shadow is used a bit differently in modern. Uh, it used to be an all-in aggro deck, kind of like a zoo deck with slightly bigger creatures. And you'd play uh, four copies of Street Wraith, who cycles for two life, and four copies of Gitexian Probe, which is obviously banned now, to get your life total low as quickly as possible, so you could have big creatures that you could beat people in the face with. Uh, nowadays, after the Gitexian Probe banning, we are seeing a bit of a different Death Shadow deck. It's uh, more similar to your normal 
sort of modern junt deck in that it plays higher value but slightly slower creatures. You've still got Death Shadow, you've got uh, cards like Tarmogoyf, and now you're basically looking to take it a bit slower but have more value. So you kind of do typical junt stuff. Yep. Also, the next card is also very very nice, and it's a Goblin Guide. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of probably the most powerful red cards. It's a one mana, 2-2 two, two haste, swing in your face. <laughs> and uh, if it swings, I, I think if it swings, yeah, or, yeah if it swings, uh, your opponent uh, can put a land. Or what, what is they it? I, I reveal the top card. And if it's a land, they put it into their hand. Oh, yeah. So it's... I, yeah, if you're that fast, you you don't care if your enemy or your opponent draws cards or sees his top yeah. deck. So you just swing with it well, and smash your f- uh, face. Not just that. Uh, since they have to reveal it, you also gain uh, some sort of information about which cards your opponent is going to draw. Oh, they have to reveal it? Yeah. They reveal the top card, and if it's a land, they put it into their hand. Oh, okay, nice. If uh, these sorts of effects, also tutors or something similar, ask for a specific type of card, it always has to be revealed. Oh, okay. For instance, uh, look at Enlightened Tutor or Mystical Tutor. Oh, yeah, sure. You have to make sure that uh, the rulings are... um... Health. Yeah, because so. else you could just cast Mystical Tutor and get, I don't know, Emrakul if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next card, I see how why it's powerful, but I don't know where it's played. Um, the Might of Crows. Oh, Might of Old Crosa. Crosa, That one yeah. is played in Infect. Okay, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Not much else to say. Hasn't had a reprint. Has one now. Good stuff. Um... Not a rare, however, but that hardly matters. The next card is another one that a lot of people are uh, a bit disappointed about, namely Seance. It's a cool card, and it's a bit of a meme, uh, but it's fantastic for the blue-white or possibly banned flicker archetype in this set, because at the beginning of each upkeep, not just yours, each upkeep, you may exile a creature card from your graveyard, and if you do that, you get a token that's a copy of that card, except it's also a spirit, which doesn't matter. But then you uh, exile the co- uh, token at the beginning of the next end step. So just imagine if you have a Seance and a Thragtusk. Jesus. Original Thragtusk enters, you gain 5 life, it dies, you get a 3-3 beast. You... Play Seance, Exile, Thragtusk, you gain another 5 life, and at the end of the turn you gain a 3-3 beast. Sounds nice. why not? Um, yeah, the, the next card, is it, um, is it a commander? Yeah, you could use him as a commander if you want. Okay, um, yeah, how is it called? Sorry, I can't read the cards, oh, right? Oh, sorry, um, I'll uh, could you Could you enhance the... the um, screen if you pl- press uh, control oh, yeah, and plus sure. i can do that oh that oh nice now i can read the cards um wenzel shaper seventh savant savant oh he's, he's a french one <laughs> <laughs> yeah um a four mana creature a legendary creature with flash um that says when he enters the battlefield return target spell or permanent to its owner's hand so a bounce or counter effect yeah every time Pretty and much. in EDH, four mana is nothing. Kind of. Uh, interestingly enough, there's been a new competitive EDH deck, Mono Blue once again, of course, with him as a commander. Mono Blue, of course. <laughs> what does this mean? Well, if you play him as a commander, you can't play anything except for Blue. Yeah, but uh, oh, you said that, so of course it's Mono Blue. They're just Mono Blue <laughs> competitive decks. I, I'm already playing three Mono Blue decks, and oh, there's a Jesus. chance I'm going to... Uh, play this one as my fourth. So yes, of Jesus. course, Mono Blue. Uh, it's looking quite good, though. It also plays Paradox Engine, so it's basically got everything I like. All right. Um, oh, the next reprint. Awesome. I think it was one of the first spoilers. 
Damnation. Yeah. Um, wait, they wrote an article about this one. About the ma- Damnation? Yeah. And I think the title was basically, Took Us Long Enough. <laughs> <laughs> so they realized. Yeah. Nice. No, uh, the article talked about how Damnation was supposed to be in like five or six different sets, but it always ended up getting cut from the final card file because other cards were better. For instance, Damnation was even in the uh, Magic Origins design file. All right. But they removed it for Languish because they wanted to explore... uh, quote-unquote, more interesting card design space for board wipes. All right. Um, kind maybe of a stupid question for uh, modern people, but um, why is Damnation better than Fumigate? Exactly. It's in black. Okay. That's it's an unconditional board wipe in black. It also just costs four mana instead of five. Oh, Fumigate costs five? Yeah. Oh, Wrath of God costs four. Oh yeah, all right. Yeah, Wrath of God is basically the white version of this, but the main difference is that uh, simply due to its nature, black is a more popular color than white. And if you're playing a deck like Jund, you might have a bit of trouble dealing with decks that put a lot of creatures on board. And if you're in Junt, you obviously can't play white, so you want Damnation specifically to deal with those strategies. Okay. that's That explains a lot. Um, yeah. What are the next interesting cards? Oh, Stony Silence. Yeah, it's just... Uh, you can't play. Activated abilities of artifacts can't be activated. Uh, so... Mm, yeah, most of you can't play. It's just yeah. magic is happening. <laughs> it's basically what uh, I wanted to say about Linvala until uh, <laughs> I realized that she is creatures only. So this one stops affinity in its tracks. No springleaf drum, no mox opal, no uh, cranial plating, no arcbound ravager, and so on. It's... It's just incredibly good. It stops Liliana of the Whale. No. Activated abilities? Of artifacts. Of, ah, okay. I, I read activated abilities or artifacts can't be activated. All right, it's off artifacts. Oh, okay. It's, no, no, it makes sense. Yeah, that's... Uh, just activated abilities can't be activated would be... That would kind of destroy the game, I think. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, yeah, the next miracle card, Terminus. Yeah, that's the other uh, absolute staple in Legacy Miracles. It's such a good board wipe. And funnily enough, uh, back when Everson Restored was standard legal, we also saw a blue-white Miracles deck that played uh, Temporal Mastery and Terminus and used Entreat the Angels as its finisher. And it won the Pro Tour. So it's basically a little bit weaker than today's Legacy deck. Yeah, I mean, the mana's much worse and you don't have the same amount of card selection, but it worked. Nice. Oh, next card is also nice. That's in the uncommon spot. Uh, Inquisition of Kozilek. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Some people are a bit sad that... uh, they're reprinting Inquisition again when it's been in Conspiracy, and they should have reprinted Thoughtseize instead, but honestly, either one is fine. Maybe Thoughtseize is coming? Maybe it will at some point, but I don't think they're going to print it into Standard again because... Uh, no, no, I mean, maybe it will be reprinted in oh, Modern Masters. Who knows? Yeah. Um, all right. Oh, yeah. Next card. Also really nice. Path to Exile, yeah. um, one of the best removal spells out there. Definitely. And Really good card. Yeah. Okay, so let's that see. was um, all the monocolored card. Oh, yeah. So we go to multicolored. Um, what was it? Swins, sw- uh, Sphinx's, Sphinx's Revelations. Sphinx's Revelations. 
Revelation was it uh, a, a standard card? Yeah, it was printed uh, in uh, Return to Ravnica. I mean, um, a powerful standard card. Yes, I, I absolutely. I think there was a deck that played that. Who, Blue who, white control. Oh yeah, it was. I think the one that one deck who dominated the entire standard me, uh, meta game. Uh, I'm not sure if it dominated the whole meta game, but it did win the Pro Tour. And, I mean, as we've said before, you can't usually draw too many conclusions about a meta game just from the deck that won the Pro Tour, but this one is usually cited as a deck that came the closest to playing draw-go control that uh, Magic has been in a good 15 years or so. Oh yeah, th th uh, that was it. Alright, um... Yeah, the next reprint we talked about it uh, last week. It's mm -hmm. one of the um, artworks on the packs. Domri Raid. I mean, he's a cool guy, but yeah, why? But why? Like, Reprinted in modern. He's he, is he played in modern? Um, no, I don't think so. Why is he is he in modern masters? If you don't know why a card is in a set, it's probably because of limited. Somehow, I suppose. Hmm. Well, okay. But the next card is better. Oh, yes. Abrupt Decay. What, such a good card in literally every format it's legal in. Like, even in competitive EDH, you want Abrupt Decay. If you can play it in your colors, obviously. But uh, people were actually talking about that on the Discord yesterday. Because one of the guys wanted to take Abrupt Decay out of his Yidoris Storm deck. And <laughs> quite literally everyone told him that that's the like, most ridiculous idea they've ever heard. <laughs> Abrupt Decay is that good. I mean, it can't be countered. Yeah, and it destroys pretty much everything that's relevant in most decks. For just two mana... But it's EDH, so mana doesn't matter. Um, what about the next card? Falconrath Aristocrat. Is it a, a played card in modern? Oh god, I honestly have no idea. Just uh, looking at it... It doesn't seem like one, I to be honest. Yeah, I'd say that this one is also in here for limited reasons. Um, yeah, but the next one uh, <laughs> should be your favorite in this oh, set. Um, Zur the Enchanter. Um, I think one of your first commanders, yeah. one of your um, most annoying commanders. <laughs> Zer is a deck I've been working on for a long time before uh, before abandoning it in favor of Teferi, but he still has a bit of a special place in my heart. I still play uh, Doomslayer every once in a while. It's an enjoyable deck, but it has a tendency to give me way too many headaches, so I usually just play Teferi nowadays. Yeah, and I really like it that they kept the old art. Yeah, I agree. I like the old one. I, I mean, I don't know what they should change. I mean, it's Zur, so... <laughs> yeah, he just looks funny. Yeah, um, the next one we just uh, throw it right in the trash, Stoic Angel, and go on. <laughs> um... What do we... Oh, Graf Digger's Cage. Perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. It's um, needed. It's a good uh, call against most decks. I mean, Dredge and other things. Yeah. I am happy to see that they're uh, reprinting sideboard staples with Stony Silence and Graf Digger's Cage. Because quite honestly, uh, when it comes to different decks... After you uh, fill out your land base, the most shared cards between different decks are usually sideboard cards, like Grafdigger's Cage, like Stony Silence. So having them reprinted is definitely a huge boon. Yeah. As the next card, Basilisk Color. And <laughs> you said that's an interesting choice, because this is a card uh, played in a Drazi, uh, a Drazi band? Was it Band Eldrazi? No, not in the Band version, in the Tron version, Eldrazi Tron. Oh yeah, and you said Eldrazi Tron is just became popular like a month ago, maybe. 
yeah, around like one to three months ago. I'm not entirely sure, but it's a fairly recent deck. So seeing this card, this very specific card even in here, is quite surprising. Now, the reason why this is good in Eldrazitron is because the deck usually plays Endbringer, which, uh, if you remember, untaps every turn, not just on your own, and you can use it to ping opponents or opposing creatures. Oh yeah, and with Death Touch, it's just, you die and I gain life. Precisely. You die and I gain life. Oh, and you die too. Everyone <laughs> dies. Yeah, it's quite strong. Um, all, right. all right, we go to the land base, but we just talk about it. We can maybe say what cards are reprinted. Um, yeah, the it's... enemy fetch lands, basically. Yeah, marsh flats, arid mesa, verdant catacombs, scalding tarn, and misty rainforest. Yep, I'm happy to see them come back. They are good. Everyone wants them. Everyone needs them. They should be printed more, honestly. But please, not in the next standard sets. I don't know. I mean, the reason against it is obviously that we're going to have a bit of a can't situation going on again where everyone can just play every color, but they are so universally required for so many decks that, in my opinion at least, they should also be printed in some kind of set that doesn't have a limited print run. That's true. Okay. Uh, but let's stop with spoilers uh, here for this week. That's basically all the interesting stuff. We're going to look forward to more spoilers next week. For now, however, we are going to take a good and thorough look at uh, something that's a bit more relevant for Standard. Yeah, and the most recent deck that has also played a lot in the uh, recent metagame is Madu Ballista. And... It looks really good. I like it. It has everything I would like to do. Um, playing Planeswalkers. Playing, yeah, big creatures. Not that big, but effective creatures. Mm. And playing removal. I like removal. Yeah, that's basically the whole deck in a nutshell. Like, uh, Let's take a look at Samuel Vuillot's Mardu Ballista list. Oh, it's another French Guy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. From Grand Prix Utrecht. Is it a German city? Utrecht. No, that's <laughs> uh, in the Netherlands, I think. Oh, okay. Or Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically it runs um, six planeswalkers. Four of them are Gideon, ally of Zendikar, obviously. <laughs> because why not? Yeah, we've already talked at length about why Gideon is easily one of the absolute best cards in Standard. And the same holds true here. He's insane. Yeah. And we have also two Chandra, Torch of Defiance. And it makes a lot of sense. Because you want to draw more cards and have more mana and you, if you look at your creatures most of them cost i think the most expensive one is three cmc mm -hmm. with scrap heap scrounger and thalia so you can easily cast any uh, everything you draw with chandra and also a walking ballista if you want to cast it for two so yeah um and you gain more mana from from her if you need it yeah, definitely. Um, so, um, yeah, if you look further, the creatures, um, clearly Frame Inspector, because it's still one of the best one-drops in white. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the basic, let's say, conflict between white one-drops right now is Frame Inspector or Toolcraft Exemplar, and this deck just plays four of each. Yeah, so this isn't a problem anymore. And because we are playing Walking Ballista, Scrap Heap Scrounger, and Heart of Kiran, we trigger Toolcraft Exemplar every time. At least for his uh, plus two, plus one. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, as, as I said, um, four copies of Walking Ballista, because Walking Ballista is ridiculous. Possibly the best card in standard right now. Yeah, I don't understand. Uh, I'm I'm really happy that Walking Ballista is 
a lot cheaper than Heart of Kiran because I have to, I will have to buy a playset <laughs> of them. But um, I still don't quite understand why it's. Oh, okay. Uh, just a moment. Heart of Kiran is mythic, so all right. Yeah, I just realized it myself. Um, but still, <laughs> it's I think the second most expensive card in this set. Yeah, and it's uh, it's absolutely um, right because this card is ridiculous. Yeah, one thing I do find a bit uh, let's say conspicuous about Walking Ballista in this list is that there is no real support for it. Like, if you look at green-black lists, they run Winding Constrictor and, like, this whole plus-one, plus-one counter synergy. But this list basically just runs a naked Walking Ballista, and that's it. And that's still good enough, it seems. Yeah, because Walking Ballista is ridiculous. If you have a Chandra, and you just take the two mana and cast it for more than your mana base, or pump it... I mean, you don't have to tap it for to to pump him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but basically, if you just cast him for four, uh, he's a two-two with basically four damage. So um, in a way, yeah. I mean, I guess I suppose that at the end of the day, this is still a fairly aggressive list. It's not quite as like all-in aggressive as model vehicles, but we're still running. Uh, eight one drops we're running a scrap heap scrounger who can't block so we obviously want to be the beat down and we're running four heart of kirans yeah and also two thalia heretic cathar just to i mean three two with first strike is right i think not on curve it's right slightly above curve but the effect that your opponent um can't play creatures uh, right just blocks heart of kiran for some kinds uh, like mm-hmm. the model vehicle with the veteran motorist so yeah he can't outright uh crew the heart and i th- does maru vehicles play planeswalkers um gideon uh only gideon yeah so um they're basically blocked from crewing heart of kiran effectively in a way, or yeah. Efficiency, efficiency. I, th- I think that the uh, main deck Thalia here is, as you've pointed out, pretty much a direct answer to Mother Vehicles, which kind of has been one of the more dominant decks in Standard. By having Thalia, you basically take the wind out of their sails, as you said. They can't use the creature they played that turn to crew their stuff. Uh, Heart of Kirin enters tapped, which is quite awkward. Wait, does it? No, um, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Right, uh, never mind that then. But yeah, just not being able to crew the Heart of Kirin comfortably without losing like potentially three damage or four. Oh, and um, I just realized also, um, because Thalia uh, lets your opponent um, enter his um, double lands tapped, or his non-basic lands, which are basically the double lands, um, it blocks also four color Sahili and any other three uh, three colored deck like Maru or Band or yeah. whatever. That's a good point. People are playing a lot of non-basics at the moment, so that is a nice way to abuse that. Yeah, and if we look at the removal, it's on point four fatal pushes and four unlicensed disintegration. Which yeah. is a really nice call because you have the colors, you mm-hmm. are playing a lot of uh, artifacts, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, you basically have access to the two best removal spells in the format right now, so it really would be a shame to not just play four copies of each. It's basically a, f- a three mana destroy target creature bolt in your face. Yeah. And. I mean, it's if you look at the cards that are played right now, most of them actually are 2CMC or below. Like uh, last week, I think we identified the like biggest threat cards in Standard right now. We've got Winding Constrictor, 2 mana. Walking Ballista, 0 mana. Um, we've got Scrap Heap Scrounger, 2 mana. 
and we've got all these like weird dudes in vehicles, like veteran motorist, Thraben Inspector, Toolcroft Exemplar. They're all one to two mana, or Heart of Kiran. Oh yeah, obviously. If it's crude, so um, if we look at the mana base, it's nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. Nothing uh, special. Yeah, I do we like. Have, uh, oh yeah, the Spire of Industry, right? Um, because yeah. why not? We have the uh, the uh, the artifacts. So absolutely, and I mean this deck uh, as kind of similar to the mod vehicle stack usually wants to be the beatdown. So we can afford to pay a life to get some very strong color fixing. And I like the one copy of Needle Spires. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, right to the sideboard, um, one copy of Authority of the Consuls, if Thalia isn't just enough. Um, oh, the Oaths are interesting. Oh, yeah. An Oath of Chandra... Why would this deck want Oath of Chandra? So basically you can activate it if, uh, efficient, uh, effectively, but why Oath of Chandra? Uh, let's think about this for a moment. So for two mana, it deals three at sorcery speed, which is kind of similar to uh, Incendiary Flow. And... If a planeswalker entered the battlefield under your control, you also deal two to every opponent, and you can run up to ten planeswalkers in this deck. So I guess it kind of makes a reason. Uh, it, oh Jesus, it kind of makes sense if you want to play planeswalkers, but you also want to stay aggressive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um. The next two cards are uh, Nahir the Harbinger. Harbinger? Yeah, mm -hmm. the Harbinger. So, um, yeah, it's basically... Key. Oh, and we have also two Obnixilus reignited. Yep. So, yeah, it's ten Planeswalkers. Uh, I don't know. Why would you board them in? Ten Planeswalkers with the Oaths, and what would you board out? Um, I think it makes sense. If you're playing against control, you usually want, or like if, if you are playing against, maybe not necessarily control, but a deck that forces you into the later stages of the, uh, of the game where it can just kill you with its value. Think of some kind of deck playing Virgilus Gearhulk and uh, Winey oh, yeah. Constrictor, maybe a slightly slower version of that. If they can do that, you need to answer their value with your own value. So you board in your Planeswalkers, you board in your Oath of Chandras to uh, deal like continuous damage to your opponents, and so on. Oh yes, also the Obnixilus just outright kills a creature, and Oath of Liliana does it too. So, um, okay. Yeah. It, it makes he, sense, yeah. This could be considered a bit of a transformative sideboard in a way. So your main deck is quite aggro. The only Planeswalkers you're playing are quite aggressive. And uh, after a sideboarded game, when your opponent possibly anticipates uh, more aggro from your side, you can board out your cheap, inefficient, aggressive creatures to bring in more value creatures to play a better long game. Yeah. Um... Oh, also, four copies of Release the Gremlins. That's, that's a nice call. I like it. This is a card that has, like, sneakily been good through the entire duration it's been out, basically. I mean, basically, if you have enough mana in the late game, it just says, um, destroy the Heart of Kieran that's annoying you, destroy the Walking Ballista, and destroy, I don't know, another artifact... And create threat. Yeah, precisely. It's quite a big swing in tempo, even for three mana. It's decent removal, and that's good. There's All right. Not really much else to say. Um, so I really like this deck. Really, it plays like I would play, and maybe I will adapt it. 
that would be nice, yeah. So, I think we're going to be done for this week at this point. Yeah, um, I hope you liked our second English podcast. I apologize a little bit for my stuttering. Um, I'm not that... Uh, well, I'm a little bit overworked at the moment. That's okay. You'll uh, get there eventually. Yeah. Eventually. Some point. Or I will be remembered as the German guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, 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 can, I can remember uh, that someone said... Oh, yeah, it was at the unboxing where someone asked, Are you English? Are you an Englishman? Because you have the English accent... And he, he he wrote, yeah, I, I can understand that this one is German. <laughs> and I just <laughs> sat there like, well, fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but okay, um, I can live with that. I'm the German guy. It's a thing, at least. <laughs> one thing is better than no thing. <sighs> and okay. with that, um, yeah. Yeah, see you all next week. Until then.